The top college basketball teams are gearing up for an epic finish. Get in on the action at DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts for the rest of the tournament. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with code SBNFL. New customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. That's code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over, most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot. Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. The DBN Network. Browns fans talking to Browns fans. My mama's watching Venezuela, mama likes Cinderella, mama. I don't know yet, but I'm excited. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Yes! 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 All right, where to even begin with this one? <laughs> this... Uh, and by the way, the the reason is because Desmond Harrison is a tremendous uh, cover photo, so that's the reason why. Uh, this is Easy Weave on Easy Does It on the DBN Network. I kind of mangled that up a little bit on the because I'm, I'm a little mangled up in the in the mind a bit. I've I've not I have never experienced this before. Uh, the announcer said at the end of the game that uh, the Browns haven't had a tie game since the '89 season against the Chefs, and I have been a team a fan since 1991. So that is as far back as I. So this is the first time that I've ever experienced a tie uh, as far as the Browns are concerned. Obviously, I've watched games that have ended in ties uh, previously. So it's, um, I don't know, how, how do you feel about it? It's its not a loss, uh, certainly. We had our opportunities there. And, and look, there there's theres so much to unpack uh, with, with this one. Uh, there, there's a lot... There's a lot to. I mean, it's a tie, right? So you can't really feel too down about everything, and then certainly there's a lot of things to uh, be excited about. But um, you know, at the end of the day, we didn't win, we didn't lose. It, it's it totally fits that this you know monster losing streak that we're experiencing uh, doesn't get to end before we experience a tie, right? I mean, it just it's just totally fitting that that that. You know that's how that happens, but it is what it is. Browns and Steelers tie twenty-one th- uh, twenty-one all today at Factory of Sadness at First Energy Field, and again, it's better than a loss <laughs> to the. St- I mean, and look, uh, the the both teams had you know so many opportunities. We had uh, you know, so many opportunities to win this game, and I'm, I'm not going to try to you know condense it you know to one irreducible point. I think that's a, a tendency uh, by people. Uh, not just in the media, but just people. They try to kind of look at everything from the context and through the lens of, um, you know, everything happened because of this or everything happened because of that. And life, and certainly the game of football, is more complicated than that. There weren't, there wasn't one thing that uh, caused today's uh, result. It was, it was a variety of things. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could 
maybe in a hugely holistic sense, go back and look at the last, you know, many years, the way this team has been run and, and come to some sort of, but I, I'm, that's not the point of this. There, there was, uh, as I say, there, there's, there's reasons why. And I thought, you know, probably like you did with about, I don't know, well, before, before Miles Garrett just, <laughs> and I guess that's the best place to start. Uh, any, anybody feeling bad about selecting Miles Garrett number one overall uh, last year? How about Denzel Ward? You feeling pretty good about those picks? That's that's a good a good way to uh, to feel about this starting off. Wow, what a game by by those two guys! And I'm sure that you know I haven't looked at any of the stats yet, but it's got to be. I mean, it can't be too many guys that have gotten two interceptions in their first game. Denzel Ward, by the way, that first pick the first, and he got some help. I mean, you know, they say that. Um, well, I, I have heard it said to me that the definition of luck is where opportunity and preparedness meet. And in both circumstances, Denzel Ward was given an opportunity. In the first, it was a it was actually great penetration by Larry Ogunjobi, who was able to get a lot of uh, interior push that uh, knocked uh, Worthless Burger off the spot, and he ended up. Uh, tossing it up, and Ward made the great catch. You know, he he got lucky, but he took advantage of the opportunity. He had an opportunity, and he was prepared to take it. And then later on, same thing. Ball goes through the hands of tight end Jesse James, bounces up in the air. He takes it. Uh, And Browns had lots of opportunities in this game. Unfortunately, they weren't lucky in the sense that they weren't able to capitalize on it. Um, but you know, before getting into all of that and the you know the the, the game analysis, and you know, honestly, I, I feel yeah, look at when you've gone through, we, we're we are, and we all know the record. We were zero sixteen last year. We're one and thirty one. Uh, one thirty-one and one now <laughs> in the Hugh, the Hugh Jackson era, but one and thirty-one prior coming into the season. Four and forty-nine if you go back the last fifty-three games. So a tie is a substantially better outcome than most Sundays that we have. So forgive me if I feel a little bit um, relaxed uh, because I was expecting this to go. I mean, I, I, there was never a point right all the way up until uh, Gonzalez was lining up to a kick where I actually felt like we could win the game. And even at that point, I kind of expected it to be blocked. Uh, But there was a lot of, uh, again, there's lots of things to to criticize about this game. Maybe that's the best way to do it. Maybe the thing to to do would be to look at the criticisms and then talk about the bright spots after that. Isn't that usually how how you do it when someone says, hey, I've got good news and i got bad news? You say, okay, hit me with the bad news first uh, so that way you know what you're dealing with and then, you know, the good news can, uh, you know, help you possibly deal with whatever the bad news just was. You know, people um, deal with things certain in in, in different ways, obviously. But for me, the the biggest takeaways is a, a first game of the year, and I, I, I talked about this a little bit in the article today. You got sixty-two percent of this roster is new. You know, John Dorsey, affectionately known here as Meathead. You know, he he really cleaned house in, in pretty prolific fashion. The guys that are left from uh, from from the previous regimes are you know they're they obviously have uh, stood out. That's why they're still here. But this is a lot of a lot of new thirty-three new players on this team on this roster. So there's going to be some adjustments. So it's not necessarily, and you combine that with, uh, you know, Todd Haley, new offensive coordinator, and so on. You know, a lot, lot of penalties, lot of sloppiness. That's the now. That said, it actually was sloppy. And when you consider the how hard it was raining the entire game. And the the wind, you know, they said that it was only 11 miles an hour, but it seemed like the wind was and the rain were were having an impact on the game the entire time. It really kind of caused sloppy conditions for both offenses out there. Uh, so it's difficult to really put a whole lot of um, 
I mean, I think that there are there are certainly areas where you can say that you know that that we we could have been better prepared, we should have done better, should have done more. I mean, certainly, the 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 early part of the game, the offensive line um, with with uh, you know Desmond Harrison mentioned him uh, at the outset of the program because he's awesome on a cover, but he uh, I think it was on balance. You know, you're looking at his first game. I, I got to tell you, I, I come away from game one more concerned about Chris Hubbard more than I am concerned about Desmond uh, Harrison. Harrison actually looked like he held up all right. And when you look at the performance, you think, okay, that's you can understand why uh, Hugh was was willing to um, to uh, take the risk. But at the same time, the when you see Vittonio had a false start and Harrison, I think himself had like three penalties. There were, there was penalties on everybody. Uh, Garrett had a couple penalties on him, even though the guy had a monster game. And the one at the end, I mean, some of these were just. But the one in the end where he gets called for illegal block in the back, when it's like, I, I mean, there's such. And that you know that that knocked us back ten yards. Although I don't think it really matters all that much because Darren Fells just kind of lets the guy uh, right right by him, and that's why the kick gets blocked. There was really nothing wrong with the mechanics on the on the very end there, right? I mean the snapback was fine, the pull down was okay, the the, the placement was was good, and it looked like uh, Gonzalez you know went through his motions and hit it on target, but uh, but it, but it got but it got blocked because. Fells let the guy walk uh, right, you know, right by him. So there you go. He's a new guy, you know, on the field goal team. Crucial moment, you know, that happens. And so we we don't lose though. We tie, and it's a, it's an odd it's an odd feeling. It's certainly better than the the. I mean, the, look, the whole game. I'm because th- my my prediction was that basically everything that happened up until what was it about um, maybe five or six minutes left in the game. When St. Miles has one of his like I don't know six or seven big plays that he had today. I mean the guy was a was a wrecking crew. I don't and and yeah I'm sure there are going to be some malcontents out there like where's Bloods times where he didn't get pressure. Okay, look I don't care. You, you could have a, a Reggie White, Deacon Jones, Bruce uh, Smith like hybrid clone, and the guy's not going to get pressure on every single play. But I, just unofficially, without looking at any stats at all, so I kind of finished the game and immediately got on here so that way I could start talking to you wonderful people. But I, I counted Garrett with uh, with two sacks and two forced fumbles, and a whole bunch of other tackles besides that, and including some you know big plays where, uh, like on the one play where Roethlisberger got uh, hit by Ogan Joby, he uh, pitches the ball over to uh, Connor, and Garrett ran across the field and got it. How about Avery and the la- on the last on the last of the six turnovers? We'll get to that later on. But, yeah, I mean, even though we have the six turnovers, we are unable to take advantage of it. Tyrod Taylor, um, you know, it's a tie game, right? So you got the ups and downs. I'll talk about the good later on, but the bad was, you know, he was he was, he was was off target a lot of this game. And, you know, again, you attribute a lot of that to the rain. But there's also, I think there was, he, he, he was under duress quite a bit, but I think a lot of it was more, um, I think I think that he really bailed on the plays a lot faster than, than he could have. And maybe could have hung in there. Bruce Arians, who was calling the game, was hilarious. There was one instance where Arians was describing a uh, a play to to, uh, to uh, Jesse James, where he said that he was wide ass open. I thought that was funny. It's just dumb. I mean, it's just one of these dumb things throughout the course of a game that, um, like the, like the the Stefan Diggs commercial, where uh, he's just like, you know he like puts his hands on the mailbox and it just like you know just pulls it off the pole and stuff like that's funny. To me, especially you gotta you gotta have a good sense of humor if you're if you're a Browns fan. But uh, the um, the the I mean, just overall, 
there's there was a lack of discipline um, on the part of both offense and defense, although there were redeeming times for both units. You know, the offense really struggled all day, and uh, except for one drive where they they really stuck with the run. They you know Nick Chubb got like two carries from what I recall, and he took he broke tackles and made the most out of one of them, and Carlos Hyde had some moments where he looked really great, but then there was other moments where, I I mean, there were moments where the Steelers' um, offensive and defensive coordinators just flat-out beat our offensive and defensive coordinators. And then there were moments where our defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators beat theirs. I think there were quite a few moments where Todd Haley uh, won the contest and and, uh, Tyrod just wasn't able to to convert the plays to make it happen. And and I don't – look, I'm not trying to – uh, to talk down uh, Tyrod Taylor. I, I think I, I love Tyrod Taylor and the effort that he showed out there today. I, he's he's not the reason why we didn't win. Although, um, well, I mean, he's, he's as big a reason as anything else, though, when you get right down to it. Because there was enough... But again, see, again, it's difficult to make this uh, kind of blanket assertion because, you know, he didn't push the ball down the field and a lot, uh, or I should say he didn't do that a lot, and you know, and and as a result, we end up with a lot of uh, punting situations. Now, Roethlisberger did try to push the ball, and he threw what through three interceptions. I don't know if the last one was counted as an interception, the one that Schobert got, uh, but he he was responsible, I think, for five of the six turnovers. So, you know, it's it's kind of a mixed bag there. In a game where you tie, you can't really look at one approach as being significantly better than the other in a uh, rainy game. Although, very early on, I'm wondering why we are, you know, we're lining up in the shotgun and trying to throw the ball all over the place when it's a, you know, it's a sloshy field. Why don't we just try to line up with our with our running backs and run the ball? And that was there was never really a point in the game where we did that, uh, which is, a, you, would, you would think that in a rainy game like this, that, uh, that we would have gotten to that point at some point but um you know didn't it didn't materialize and and you know first game for everybody and you, you would expect some sloppiness i think that what's um what, what else is there what else is there to complain about oh I, i'll tell you what else is there something to complain about cbs i mean it's like they 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 intentionally put the absolute worst crew that they can on us i, I bruce arians notwithstanding bruce arians i thought was a nice uh, addition to uh, the crew today he really seemed to be kind of uh, he didn't really he, he maybe a little bit of homer for the Steelers, but he was, um, I think, overall a good uh, uh, extra analysis to have. Uh, he just He's somebody, by the way, somebody that I would love to have been or possibly be the coach of the Browns at some point, but, you know, whatever. Uh, he was he was uh, there along with Bryant Gumbel, and I, I don't know who the color commentary guy was, and it doesn't matter because they were terrible, as was the – I mean, there was at one point where there was – did you guys catch the shot that Gumbel took where he was talking about, yeah, there were some people that like to hang out in downtown Cleveland, and the guy was like, yeah, you're not one of them, right? And he's like, oh, like, like hanging out in downtown Cleveland stuff. And I haven't been in Cleveland for a long time, but a lot of people tell me that it's, that it's really, really nice. I mean, I didn't think that it was, you know, necessarily not nice when I was when I was hanging out there before I moved down here. But um, it's just kind of a it's kind of an unprofessional, just chachi thing to do. And but whatever the that that I can get over because I expect them to put give us the word. I mean, look, I expect for us to get the worst of everything. I expect for us to get the worst officiating. I expect for us to get the worst broadcasting teams. I expect the worst for us because we deserve it because of well, I mean, you know why. So that part of it, whatever. But the the critical moments, you know, multiple times throughout the course of the game where really would have liked to have seen, like there was the one instance where uh, Miles gets called for roughing Roethlisberger, 
where, okay, he's just following through. And yeah, maybe he was a little bit, you know, overzealous. But then on the other side, Taylor gets thrown to the ground. And they're talking about how, well, yeah, it's different, though, because, uh, you know, he didn't go all the way down with it like my, like Garrett did. But then they didn't show the replay. And there was so much of this. That, I mean, and this is, look, at this is my ongoing year to year. It doesn't really have anything to do with anything in the grand scheme of things. Because realistically, sorry to the mic there. Realistically, um, the, the games are not ultimately like I look back at the one and thirty-one record, and maybe one of those games. I don't even remember which one it was. Maybe the Washington one. There was a there was maybe one in there where I would look and say, okay, the refs really screwed us, and but for that, we probably win the game. I, but that that's certainly not the case here today, and I think most of the time that's not the case. I think generally speaking, yeah, I think it was the case today. There was some there was some bogus penalties on us. There was a couple that weren't really uh, I think all that meritorious that were called on them. Probably more on us, but whatever. It's, this this game was not decided by penalties. They weren't all that helpful. Uh, but you expect kind of a sloppy. You know, you expect a sloppy game in a game where uh, you've got. You know, heavy rains and stuff, so I'm not really going to... And besides, we had a game last year where we had no penalties and we still lost. So, you know, I'm not going to get too bent out of shape over... The, there were a lot of... Look, there were a lot of penalties. You can't play the whole year like that. First game of the year, a lot of penalties. Residuals from preseason. Rainy game. Whole bunch of new players. I'm not going to get too bent out of shape over it unless it's something that carries on and, like, every game we're dealing with 10-15 penalties in stupid situations. You know, that's really where it's worse. And unfortunately, the, the ones that we got dinged with really were, were killers. Uh, well, although, I mean, the Steelers uh, potentially, you know, like that one uh, the touchdown at the goal line that got called back. Now, it didn't end up mattering. And by the way, Denzel Ward gets beaten by Antonio Brown. On balance, though, they really kind of kept Antonio Brown in check. But Antonio Brown had that touchdown catch. But you can't really, other than the fact that Ward didn't get his head around, I did notice that. He didn't get his head around, but he still, I mean, you can't you can't really play too much better uh, I mean, he's all, he's all over him, and he gets his arm in there, and the ball just is a little bit higher than the arm, and it's Antonio Brown, so he comes down with it, and, you know, he's a great player. And But, I mean, Denzel Ward really, uh, I think, shined in this game. I, it, but, you know, before we move on to because it's, it's, it's worth – uh, accentuating, at, at least noticing, all right, at least focusing on the positive. I, I have no idea, by the way, how anybody else is feeling about any of this without uh, without bleeding on you people. I have had uh, a, a series of challenges, not the least of which is that on Friday night, my router, the main router to the house, dies. It just dies on Friday night. And we're dealing with a uh, wonderful company. I won't mention their name, but they used to be uh, a company that rhymes with um, uh, 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 Sorizon. At any rate, they, uh, they're they sending one out, but it hasn't gotten here yet. So this entire weekend, I'm having to do everything on using my phone as a hotspot. And amazingly, I was able to retain a pretty good internet quality. And I, I, for the most part, didn't really miss any of the game. And, and I'm relying on the internet totally because I've totally unplugged. So... I was able to, but because of that, and also because of the fact that I had to use, you know, the phone not being in use is one thing. The fact that I'm relying on the internet totally really kind of limited my ability to do multiple things on the internet. So I wasn't able, to, all that to say that I wasn't able to either do the normal Facebook uh, chat that I have with uh, various individuals that all of you know, but then also the game threads, which are some of my favorite things to do, which I do intend to be a part of as much as I can this year. Just today wasn't the day to do it. So I have no idea what anybody else thinks about this. I haven't been influenced by anything other than 
than uh, my own thoughts, the you know constant arguing that I do with whoever it is that is calling a game at any given uh, time, and the analysis from my wife, who didn't. Oh, by the way, she did not watch a single game last year. Watched all of Hard Knocks with me this uh, uh, summer, and so she's watched the entire game with me. And she's like, "Hey, I'm good with it." You know, even towards the end, she's like, "Whatever happens here, I'm good with it." Uh, you know, as, as far as they, because at the, at the end of the game, you know, I predicted uh, my my we, we all do predictions at the uh, beginning of the, well, I should say those of us that are part of the writing crew for uh, dogsbynature.com, uh, we, we send in our submissions and we let people know, you know, what we think is going to happen. But nobody thought that the game was going to end in a tie. Nobody predicted, which I think, by the way, now I think I'm going to predict a tie every week because of this. But uh, the the prediction that I made was that the defense would play good enough to win. Well, that absolutely happened. The defense absolutely played good enough to win. They got, like I say, they got, they got, you know, Roethlisberger's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I hate to say it, but it's what it is. And so he got the number a couple of times. But on balance, when you get six takeaways, you, you've played good enough to win. Um, but that the offense would be anemic. Well, it was in, in many cases. And that we would lose the game by something like 19 to 6. Now, 21 to 7 late in the fourth quarter I'm thinking okay this is about what I figured and I and I, I, I got to tell you I've already got the the headline written I've I've like I'm I'm doing cuz you know I've got experience doing this right I I've you know the last 2 years it's like you get to a point in the game it's like all right we're done here and uh I'm I'm pretty much you know, and and I was about ready to talk to you about all the things. Mostly, Denzel Rice had uh, an up and down game where he had you know was responsible for some missed tackles and uh, some. By the way, special teams flat garbage all day long, all day long, all day long. In every scenario, the special teams was garbage. And I think that, and I can never remember whether his name was Steve or I know it's Chris Tabor, the guy that uh, was our special teams coach for all those years. I'm I'm here to tell you that was one that when we lost that guy, when he asked to leave, when he's like, hey, can, can I just can you guys just let me go? I mean, I've, I've done I have done my time. Can you just let me go? And he went to go Chicago, to Chicago. Um, I, I thought that that might be something. I haven't really mentioned it, but I thought that that may be something that that hurt us. And man, man, were the special teams uh, Jabril Peppers fair catching when he's got green green grass all over the place, and and in a spot where hey man you make, but look all of that it came down to a play we had a chance to win it. Uh, we had a chance to win it at the end, but. Again, I'm uh um you know it's it's 21 to 7 and I'm thinking okay it's about like about how I figured it was going to go and then Miles Garrett just refuses to to let the the story go down that way. He has a monster play knocking the ball out. We recover uh Jabril Peppers which what a, what a weird I mean there's so many things about this game. What a weird play down at the goal line where again I thought for sure that it was going to be a a touchback for the Steelers. So if, if for some reason you didn't see all of this and and my telling you what happened, which I'm done, I'm doing a pretty lousy job of recapping. Here here's the recap. In the uh, first uh, quarter, we basically it was it was uh, no score. They go down and they score uh, in the first quarter by virtue of a uh, it was a what well, was a third down play that we made. But then Miles Garrett called for roughing the passer, which you know it, it was it was it was one of these things where he hit him uh, within the two steps right as he was throwing the ball, but he drove him to the ground, and so we got the first they get the game in the first down. Connor walks into the end zone. Now we then respond. Uh, we're able to. I'm sorry, we didn't respond. 
We do in the second half uh, and tie it up 7-7 on a great drive where it's uh, running the ball with Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb and then Tyrod Taylor, who did not have a good day throwing the ball, but did have a play where he, uh, you know, ran out of the pocket to the left side and, you know, just tough, tough, tough as nails play, gets into the end zone, ties the game up. We immediately, and I mean, it's like three plays. We give up the uh, the lead again to the Steelers. They go down and they score a touchdown and make it uh, 14-7 on a play, a big play to uh, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster on an inside. Again, it was it was one of these plays where uh, the Steelers offensive coordinator and Roethlisberger, they beat Greg. And so it's a big, long pass play, and they they take it down. They score a touchdown a few plays later. That was the one to the touchdown that uh, Ward gave up. And then uh, later on, Another touchdown pass after, which made it twenty-one to seven, and at that point it looked like I'm sorry, it was another touchdown run, and at that point it looked like the game was basically over, and uh, especially after we were once again unable to do anything offensively. Uh, so at that point it's twenty-one to seven late in the game. We had gotten multiple chances, defense is balling out, and so the Steelers are just running the clock out, and Miles Garrett punches the ball out from uh, from Connor. The ball comes out. Uh, Jabril Peppers uh, picks it up, stumbles a little bit. Otherwise, he may have walked into the end zone. He gets hit at about the four or five yard line, and when he gets hit, the ball pops out. Like he's got it. He's he's kind of juggling at that point. It didn't. It didn't. He didn't fumble it, but he's got clear possession of it when he's running. And then the ball gets hit. It's kind of. Uh, it's kind of like. It's it's just kind of uh, moving around on top of him. He then falls out of bounds. His foot is out of bounds. At this point, the ball is on him, but he doesn't have possession of it. And uh, he proceeds to... Um, fall down, the ball goes out of the back of the end zone, and the Steelers are thinking that it's a touchback at that point, which it would have been except for, it's just one of these weird combinations of things, because he was his foot was out of bounds, and the ball was on him, the ball was dead, and that was at the one-yard line. So we get the ball, on that, and I think that was like the fifth turnover of the game, uh, Hyde uh, smashes it in, and we were only down a touchdown at this point, and amazingly, we're able still to get the ball back uh, on another turnover late, or uh, actually, I don't remember, it was the uh, the turnover sequence that we got the ball back, and, and uh, Tyrod Ty was able finally to convert, and got a uh, long passing touchdown to Josh Gordon, which tied the game up with uh, two minutes left, about two minutes left, and that was a big clutch moment, and you're thinking, okay, you left too much time on the clock, but then we... <laughs> But then, the, you know, the final end of the the, uh, the game sequence, we go down and uh, we're uh, we get the ball back. We're unable to do anything with it. They get the ball back uh, on a bad punt. The again, special teams was was terrible all day. Britton Colquitt though, <sighs> Britton Colquitt was absolutely amazing all day, except for the one punt where the ump man got blocked like totally into him. So it, it's a it's a shank, uh, or I can't you know I can never tell whether it's a shank or a slice depending on where the uh, I I should say I, I I always get those two confused. But at any rate. That gives the Steelers a short enough field where they're able to get it down, and uh, their kicker, Bostick, or Boswell, whatever, he comes in and attempts a 42-yarder, which is just, just wide left. And so we get the ball back, and we get an opportunity, and we take it down the field, and we're unable to do anything with it. So we give it to the Steelers, who again have another opportunity, and yet this the defense once again, and it was Jannard Avery coming through with a big play late, uh, stripping the ball, 
and whether again, I don't know whether it was a, a, a fumble or whether it was an interception. Schobert gets it, and I'm thinking that we have a chance to go. He made a big long return, and we're in a spot where we can attempt the field goal. And but be, but there's a penalty, and then we try running the ball instead of just kicking it right at that point, which I, I think honestly the move, the move probably should have been to kick it because we end up losing a couple yards, and not that it really ultimately mattered because the block was missed by Fells, but uh, that is how you end up with a 21 to 21 tie. So I think that the the big negatives of this a uh, you know a coaching staff that I have certainly been underwhelmed with, I thought for most of this game had the team uh, you know undisciplined in many ways, and you know a lot of penalties, not taking advantage of opportunities, being out out uh, coached in a lot of uh, facets of the game. But then, you know, the problem is that, the, well, the problem, the problem with this analysis is, is that as the game then went on later on, they kind of redeemed themselves. And I got to, I'll tell you something else. The way that Hugh Jackson, now, okay, I, I will, I am going to complain a little bit. Tyrod Taylor taking a timeout early in the second half on a play, on a drive that we ultimately punted on. Timeouts, especially in the second half of games, you got to really, you got to really guard those things. I, I am really, I am almost of the, the thought that uh, it's better to take a five-yard penalty on a delay of game in in the second half, unless it's a critical, you know, time. Then to call timeout because you need those. You need those time. Now, as it turns out, we didn't end up needing it late. Uh, I, I, I mean, we we were in a spot. We we had multiple opportunities. We had we had opportunities in the regulation. We had opportunities in overtime. But the way that that uh, Jackson played the overtime situation at the end there, he gave us a chance, and you've got to give him credit for what he could control. And it may be the only time that I've ever been able to say this about him. He actually managed the the game situation well enough to where we had a chance. Uh, it just you know didn't work out because you know. And then the next thing is that you know, Tyrod Taylor did not do well throwing the. Ball. But then again, Ben Roethlisberger threw three interceptions, um, and 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 there were times where Roethlisberger didn't look especially great, you know, uh, uh, throwing the ball. Notice that this whole time, I'm, I'm I'm almost a half hour into this, and I've not once mentioned mentioned the name Baker Mayfield because I'm not going to come in here. I don't think I have anyway because I'm, I'm not. Gonna, I think I think that you know maybe um, if Baker plays, we win this game, but. He can't really. I'm not. Go, I'm not. I'm not using that as the. I'm not going to, uh, you know, make that proclamation and blame this on Tyrod Taylor because it's very difficult to make that that uh, call when both quarterbacks were struggling for a lot of the game. Uh, although Roethlisberger made some, you know, he definitely made his share of plays, but uh, it was it, w- it was a, it was a tough it was a tough game for the teams to be throwing the ball, which is why I don't know why we weren't more committed to the run, even though we ran for over 150 yards. But uh, it, you know, it's what it is, and. There's a lot to grow from it. Okay, so I think that I've, I, I get a half hour into it. Have I covered all of the the negatives? There's there's a lot of things that you need to brush up on. Okay, so let's get back to or let's now try to focus on the positives. And again, the big one, the first one, the one that jumps out of the box. Number one A is Miles Garrett. I mean, what do you want? What do you want from the guy? Not only did he show a tremendous pass rushing ability, getting you know not just the two sacks and the two uh, forced fumbles, but uh, late in the game in a critical moment for the Steelers, he forces. Alejandro Villanueva to uh, hold him, and that causes the the Steelers basically that drive fizzles out. The defense as a unit at the end of the game, especially when they absolutely had to make plays to give their offense a chance. That like three or four times at the end there, they did it. They came through. You got to give. You got to hand. I mean, Greg, I was ready to uh, you know throw him under the bus with Hugh when it was twenty-one-seven with five minutes left in the game, but they 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 came back and they really. Uh, 
and and then Miles Garrett, his uh, physical ability is one thing. His hustle, uh, the first sack that he got was a was a total hustle play, and you saw him hustling all over the field. There is just nothing to dislike about Miles Garrett. You know, I mean, certainly you. Although I will say, there are several moments, and even late in the game, where they got him dropping back in coverage, and I'm wondering what the hell are we doing with this? Now, the only saving grace of that is that they were the other guys on the rest of the the line. They were getting pretty good pressure. For there was only a couple of plays where Roethlisberger was sitting back there and had plenty of time. For the most part, he was he was harassed, uh, and so was uh, Taylor. But I think it was a different dynamic. I think Roethlisberger, when he had time to sit in there, and he was able to complete passes, and and he made it look fairly easy doing it. But there was just there just wasn't a whole lot of that. He was he was knocked around quite a bit. I don't know how many sacks we got, but I, I think it has to be like you know four or five or six. Uh, but it, it was just as many of those that we were pressuring him and knocking him around. Like I say, that one interception to Denzel Ward was absolutely caused by the pressure by Larry Ogunjobi up the middle. So uh, that there's a lot to really uh, be excited about with that that we were able to to pressure them, particularly in you know the late game uh, situ- moments and in those circumstances and in those situations where you've got to got to got to get pressure on the passer. We did it. We got pressure. We got pressure with uh, Garrett. We got pressure with Avery. Uh, even Ogba got his uh, mitts in there a couple of times. As did, uh, I mean, Ogan Joby, I've mentioned him, his name several times. He had a couple of plays where, uh, where he just, you know, made his presence known. And there's, there's a lot to like about that unit. When I say the unit, the, the whole front seven. I think ultimately the, the front seven played well. I mentioned Denzel Ward multiple times. I think he did a great job today. His first, well, I mean, great job. How about, how about the last time we drafted a corner, a cornerback in the top 10, war number 21? That was Justin Gilbert. And compare, uh, you know, his first game where he basically gave up the big play that led to Pittsburgh being able to uh, score the winning field goal. Again, I mentioned Denzel Ward gave up the touchdown to Antonio Brown, but you're talking about the best wide receiver in the league making a great play with with Ward all over him. Uh, I'm not going to get too bent out of shape about that, particularly when the guy has two interceptions and was made a couple of other great plays in coverage. He was all over the place today. Uh, Denzel Ward looks like a tremendously exciting draft pick. There's no reason to be anything other than uh, wildly excited about the the two defensive players that we've drafted very highly overall the last two seasons, Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett. The other guy that we've drafted over one overall, or I should say very highly overall, Baker Mayfield, would have liked to have seen him on the field today, and I wonder if it would have been a different um, result had he been, but... Even with that, I'm not going to. I'm not going to take away from Tyrod Taylor that a couple, a couple of things, a couple of things about this. Uh, the heart, the the rushing touchdown, and and I think that that he kind of demonstrated. And again, caveat: it's a rainy game, so you got to you know may, maybe not all. I may be singing a different tune next week if all of a sudden he looks a lot more because he did look. He even looked more polished in the preseason than he did today uh, as a passer. The interception late to uh, Josh Gordon. I, I can't. I'm not going to get. Uh, too uh, exercised about that because you're in a spot where it's it's very very tough. Okay, you've got to pick up. You want to you want to be able to pick up anything really, but you got to be able to pick up probably 10 15 yards in order to really make it a realistic shot in the rain. And if you do it in the middle of the field, oh, I'm sorry, hit the mic again. If you do it in the middle of the field, 
then uh, you're then you got to run up there and spike the ball. And yeah, 23 seconds, you probably have enough time to do that. I just I don't have a problem with, and it was one on one coverage, so I don't have a problem with the throw. I think that that's one of those passes that Tyrod doesn't usually make. But in that circumstance, especially being a tie game, you know, maybe if if we're down in that circumstance, he decides to pull it up and run with it. Uh, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt there. And as a you know as a team leader, I'm still just very happy that uh, Tyrod Taylor is on. On this team, um, I, I, you know, I'm not going to re- re- relinquish. I, I'm, I'm not even going to get into it. I, I, Taylor, particularly on the touchdown throw to Gordon and on the touchdown run, you know, made some plays. And uh, give him credit there. And Gordon on that touchdown. Fantastic, fantastic. Concentration, hands catch, gets both feet inbounds. Um, Just tremendous job seeing him catching a touchdown. How about Jarvis Landry? Now, okay, Jarvis Landry had one catch where the ball was underthrown, and he turned around and uh, spun around in front of uh, Joe Hayden. So he, he actually, Jarvis Landry, uh, really, um, he, 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 he made a play there for America by, uh, by, by torching Joe Hayden this way. But he turns around, and the ball is low. He makes a hands catch, kind of bobbles it, but still brings it into his body and rolls around. It's a fantastic catch. And that's not even his best play of the game. The best play of the game for Jarvis Landry. Okay. It's a running play uh, in the the early part of the second half. So, and it's it's not a very long gain. It's maybe four or five yards. I mean, it's a nice run, but it's about four or five yards. But Landry is down the field, and he's, uh, I think it's Artie Burns he's blocking. And he just, he proceeds to block all the way through to the whistle. Nice physical block, which is which is fine. But then there's, a, <laughs> but then what he does, and they only show the replay on this once, but you gotta, you know, I picked up on Jarvis that he's a, uh, I don't know what's the what's the the right way. How do how do how do you do you? I mean, he's he's a, he's a the only way that I can appropriately think to describe him is to use a curse word that I'd rather not. Uh, but he's just he's one of these guys that I mean, he's a type of guy that will, um, you know, cheap shot. I don't want to say it like that. He's he's very very good about getting his licks in when you are not expecting it. You know, okay, so what happens here is, and this is why I was looking for it, he blocks through, and when he blocks through, he lands on top of Burns, they then roll over top of each other, and in the process, you watch his hand come up, and you see him, he is either punching him, or he is hitting him in the throat, he's doing, he's choking him, he's doing something, now it's only for like a split second. Right? Because he knows what he's doing, because he does this. I'm convinced that he does this. And he stands up and burns, grabs him, and throws him down because he's pissed. And meanwhile, uh, Jarvis is just like throwing his hands up in the air. Like, hey, what are you doing? I'm just, I'm just standing up. I don't deserve to be thrown down to the ground. Uh, and Burns, in the process, takes his helmet off. So we get 30 yards of penalties on one play that was caused. Jarvis Landry forced those penalties just by virtue of finishing through the block and just, got, and, and just doing the kind of stuff that people tend to do to us. Uh, got the guy um, off his game, and that was a, uh, that, that was a big sequence because at that point Pittsburgh was on their heels, and that was when we ripped off those couple of big runs, first Hyde, then Chubb, then Tyrod, and we finished off the drive and scored our first touchdown. That was a big moment in the game because up until that point we really hadn't done anything offensively, and that was, you know, that was, that was Jarvo's best, best uh, play of the game. And I'll tell you something else. The drop that he had late in the game was actually a good drop. There was 140 left in uh, overtime. And, uh, you know, again, Taylor... 
And I'm all right. I'm going to complain a little bit about the Tyrod. The thing about him that I've, I've, you know, have been pointing out, and I think is going to be a problem uh, for us, for him uh, as the season progresses, is that he is kind of he's just he's just not he's averse to. Uh, you know, stepping up and making the tough throws. And I think today, one of the reasons... Now, today, again, you have to take everything with a grain of salt because of all of the, the you know, the, the rain situation. But there were a couple of times today where he he was probably averse to throwing the ball and, and really challenging defenses because he just wasn't very accurate today. Uh, there was one pass play that they kept saying that Njoku dropped it. It was it was really, really wide. He got one hand on it. So unless you're going to say if a receiver gets one hand on it, they got to catch the ball. There's no way... Now, he did, as it happens, Njoku did come back and drop the ball in the next play, but um, and, and he can't have that. But uh, just on balance, the the other than the pass to Gordon, you know, a lot of the stuff that uh, the Tyrod when he did try to challenge, which wasn't very often, he just wasn't much on target. Now I'll tell you, somebody who made a great play, Rashard Higgins. You talk about adjusting and then showing a burst and getting by. I mean, he played that defender. I think it was Sutton. He just absolutely, um, he has him, you know, thinking that it's going to be short. He runs by him, makes the big catch. And you know what's funny is that Gumble, who's just kind of barely paying attention to what's going on during the game, he's like, that touchdown pass by Taylor is the first uh, completion he's had in nine attempts, even though he had just completed a, it just completed a long pass to, uh, to Higo. But whatever, I'm not, you know, criticizing the CBS um, announcement crew, except I am. You know, and I don't know if I've talked about this, and maybe even talked about it today. I have been complaining about the CBS news uh, or, or reporting team for years. They are always terrible. They are always terrible, and they were terrible again today. Uh, but be that as it may, that's that's not the. I mean, I'm I'm not. You know, the, 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 you feel you feel better on a day where you don't lose. You know, and that's the thing. We have lost how many straight games? What is it? Going back to last year, it was 17 straight games, and. And, you know, well, what is it prior to that? Well, we, we lost the final. Let's think about this. We lost the final, uh, what was it, four games of the 2013 season or the 2015 season, I think. I know we beat San Francisco for our third win. And then we had like, I think there was like four games after that that we lost. So I think that that means that we were, were one for our last like 36 prior to today. And so we, we know, you know four for our last fifty-three. It's 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 you know a tie is better than a loss. And uh, again, having watched this team for all of these years, this is and, and this being the first time that it's ever happened that I've been watching the team. It's it's new territory for me. I've uh, I've you know I remember one time. This is as a I, I, this is a I, I will get back to the discussion about uh, Tyrod Taylor and uh, some g- some general problems that I see with him and with Coach Coach Jackson. As I but I'm going to take a brief aside. I remember a game. This was. This was the 2004, no, it was the 2002 season. I remember my wife and I, uh, we weren't married yet, but we had just gotten together, uh, so life was good, and we had uh, the the Browns, actually, that was the only year they went to the playoffs, but this was their bye week. So the bye week, um, you know, you always there's always a game on that's... You generally watch the division rival on the bye week, and so the Steelers were playing the Falcons. And I remember watching this game because Michael Vick was the quarterback, and this was back when he was really exciting. And of course, it's like, hey, you know, hopefully they they beat the Steelers, right? And in this game, it was one of these games that it went all. It was back and forth. Uh, the whole I think Tommy Maddox was the quarterback for uh, Pittsburgh back then, but it went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then the game goes into overtime, and it goes long into overtime, and it ended up being a tie game, uh, like today's was, but. 
I remember what I remember about that game was that it's the final play of the game. Michael Vick is got the ball at midfield. Now, if you remember, Michael Vick had an absolute, you know, cannon strapped to his left arm. So he's absolutely got the ability. And it wasn't a very, you know, the weather wasn't an issue this day. The game was being played in Pittsburgh. And Vick is in the shotgun. And it's like, okay, they're going to do a Hail Mary here to see if um, if they're going to win or it's going to be a tie. He's lined up in the shotgun. We're waiting for the ball to get snapped. And the TV coverage cuts away for breaking coverage of what it was was there was a whole bunch of tornadoes that were in the area now as it happened uh the the these tornadoes just ravaged all like not just northeastern ohio they hit all they hit northeastern ohio parts of illinois uh like all the way down the midwest down even to the southeast there was like like 40 people died during the i mean it was terrible i mean these are these tornadoes just absolutely ravaged we were fine i mean everything, everything was totally cool where we were i got some rain you know, but that was about it. Uh, but it was just one of those things where, of course, on the last play of the game, right, there, it's going to come down to this. Uh, it cuts away. And, of course, the TV, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're, they have an, uh, a responsibility as broadcasters to let people know when, hello, you know, tornadoes are coming that could kill you. But I just, I remember that whole thing very well because it was the, it's one of those, I remember, I, I've watched, I've seen a couple of tie games. I've watched a couple of tie games all the way through. And that's the last one that I remember watching all the way through. And um, it was just... It was just striking because I remember how it ended with me being like, "What you know? What happened? What happened? What happened?" And then having to find out later, you know how. And it was. It was like for whatever reason, it took me forever. I think I, maybe I had to watch the George Michael Sports Machine. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't had to do that in uh, many years. Going back to uh, the the business at hand, which was the game today, and our 21-21 tie are not lost to the Steelers. In fact, I wonder what the the uh, comment section is going to be like. If there's going to be like a, a quasi gift thread for for a tie ball game today um you know uh, tyrod taylor again i think is where where we're gonna have setbacks with him all year is going to be the fact that he doesn't tend to challenge defenses and you know he's he he's very much of the uh and we saw this a lot today and he's definitely tough enough to pull it off the pull it you know pull it down i'm gonna run with it that's going to lead to him getting hurt just like it has throughout the course of his career and you know that's fine actually because his the ability for him to stand in there and you know make the i've, I've always said this when it comes to gauging the the veracity of whether or not a guy can play quarterback in the NFL you got to be able to make um you got to be able to from the pocket make smart quick decisions and sharp accurate throws and and you got to be able to in this day and age you got to be able to challenge teams and you got to be able to make plays that are going to break their back and and he just I don't think he's got that I, he missed a couple uh, opportunities uh, the the long there was a long pass play to uh, Landry where he had gotten open and uh, he just you know he just overshot it by a lot and and you have a couple of those so I think that we're going to be dealing with that all year I think though after watching today. And seeing a lot of things about the way this defense played, and just I, I, we're, I'm not expecting anything major, but not really having any expectations going into this, other than I, I there was no point except, again until all the way up until Zane is is kicking at the very end, and even then I, I wasn't believing that it was going to happen, and it didn't. Uh, but I just never felt like we were going to win this game. I figured something was going to happen, and it just kept doing it. And by the way, this is not. I remember in uh, what was it, 2000 or maybe 2009 or 2011 or so it was some time we were playing the Steelers and Charlie Batch was starting and that was a game where we won the game and we got like seven or we got like nine turnovers in this game 
and they still, even with all of those turnovers, they still had a chance to win it at the very end. Now, we, we hung on, you know, and that's great, but uh, when, when you have a game where the turnover advantage is 6-1, to one, and the one on our side, yeah, it, wasn't, it certainly wasn't good, but it's kind of like in that spot, you know, it's like I'm complaining about Tyrod not challenging defenses. He did on that play, and, you know, he just didn't get enough on it. I mean, Gordon had the guy beat, but uh, it was Sutton again, but, you know, the, uh, the pass just, you know, it, it, it's, it floated, and it was intercepted, and so so that was our one takeaway. Meanwhile, they gave it up six times, and the only one we really – I think we we may have actually made him pay for No, the only one we made him pay for was the one we put at point-blank range. That was it. So the defense gave the offense, you know, all the opportunities to uh, put this one away, and again, I think that, you know, rain notwithstanding, this is going to be the challenge that we're going to have all year with Tyrod Taylor, but I think that we can still, you know, maybe win a couple of games with that. It, excuse me, I, how many that is, I don't know. And I'm not going to put any numbers on it, but hey, we're, we're, in, we're at the end of week one, and we're, we don't have a loss. Huh? Huh? That's something. That's something. Nothing, you know, especially special, but it, it's not nothing either. You know, this team, especially, especially, you know, I think maybe the, one of the reasons why it's so... I, I, obviously, I would have loved to... I would have been over the moon if we would have uh, won the game today. And I'm feeling pretty good the way things turned out, but especially the way they fought back in the fourth quarter. You know... And, and I guess this is where I've been critical of Hugh Jackson for a lot of reasons. And I've been critical of him today. You know, uh, very un- it seemed like the team was undisciplined. And, uh, you know, penalties and, you know, use of, uh, of, of timeouts and all this. But I got to tell you something. A team doesn't do what they did at the end there, right? They, they don't force all those plays and put themselves in a position. Yeah, they weren't able to get it through. But, man, those guys just kept fighting. And it was another example of how those guys, yeah, they didn't have enough to get it done today, but they fought all the way to the end. And it goes back to the thing about Hugh, while he's got all sorts of things that you wish were better about him, man, does he seem to have that special sauce with the players. Man, do they just seem to continue week in, week out. They just continue giving it everything they got for the guy through the whistle, through the end game whistle. And that's, um, hey, that's... Um, that's laudatory, and I ex- I expected to be, to be a lot more critical of you until until Garrett made that crazy play. And hey, look, uh, you know, play, big players make big plays in big situations. In that moment, Miles Garrett, you know, he he poked the ball out and he made that happen. And then later on, oh, I the the I don't know how about you, but it was like a um a, a giddiness when I saw him chop Roethlisberger's arm. And look, I'm 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 not too good to say that I was hoping that it would have injured Roethlisberger because. The violence with which it, I don't, I don't, I hate the Steelers. I, I have no, and I'm not a good sport. They have, um, they have wrecked, they have, they have wrecked careers of our guys. So I got no problem with. Uh, so when I saw that happen, I was thinking, oh man, it'd be so cool. And of course, you know, Pigpen, he just, you gotta, you gotta hit that dude with a truck, and he still's gonna come back at you. So whatever, but still, it was a nice feeling seeing him just get in there so quick, and seeing him chop the ball out, and and seeing him get to the quarterback. Just awesome, just awesome, awesome, awesome. I have a a, a friend. Actually, it's a a business associate, and this is a fellow that um, a couple of guys actually. They're, they're kind of a tandem uh, group, and they 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 when I uh, was talking about the draft heading into it. Of course, if y'all know, if you've been with me for any length of time, that I was one hundred percent on Baker Mayfield. Um, 
I mean, probably going back to like November of last year. I forget exactly at what point I, I, I put my finger on. This is the guy. This is the guy. But I told I was very upfront about this throughout the entire process, and I told these guys that. Now they were certainly skeptical. I'm sorry, I keep hitting the mic. They were certainly skeptical, but. I held in my guns. Well, then when we drafted him, they actually got me a Baker Mayfield jersey. So I was very uh, – which is very cool of them to do. Well, talking to them last week because they watched some of the preseason game against uh, Philadelphia, and the one fellow was like, hey, you know, if, uh, if, if Garrett plays 16 games, he's going to be the defensive MVP. Which is a pretty you – know, that's, that's pretty lofty um, prediction to make. But, you know, you look at the numbers. They say two sacks, two forced fumbles. And honestly, it didn't even look like as much of a monster game as Garrett had. I don't know about you, but it looked to me like he actually could have, like, maybe even possibly, like, done even more. I think it does. It kind of – it almost looks to me like he could have uh, – um, it, it, like we didn't like in, in other words like we could have gotten we we didn't even see his his absolute best uh he still got some improvements that he could even make which is just amazing i mean that that is crazy to think about that, that that he could be even better than he was today uh but i mean look that's it's all it's all subjective it's just it's good there's there's plenty i think more to be excited about about this game than there is to be down and depressed about, even though it's a tie game. You know, even Steven, right? It's a, it's, you know, a deal where you can look at, if you, it's a glass half full, glass half empty situation. You can look at this game and you can say that there's all sorts of reasons to be pessimistic. And there's, I think that there, there's plenty of reasons to be concerned. As I say, the lack of discipline, it was throughout. The, the special teams uh, was, was terrible. There were certainly, uh, and, and, you know, again, specific to Tyrod Taylor, yeah, there was lots of times where he had time to pass and just held onto the ball too long. That said, there was a lot of running formations where our offensive line got ate up. Um, but again, you know, you go back to the looking at the positive side of the ledger. Tyrod held in there and in a clutch moment, you know, threw a touchdown pass to tie the game and had a tough run to uh, to tie the game earlier in the game. So I'm not going to I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not going to even criticize Tyrod Taylor here. There's and, and again, you can definitely look at the numbers and you can point to several, you know, inaccurate. Oh, again, this guy. The same guy that I'm talking about uh, said, you know, he he said to me because he watched this game today too. Is like, you know, if, if uh, Baker starts, you guys probably have the lead. This was late in the game, and I'm like, yeah, probably. But again, I'm not even going there because who knows with Baker first first game. Although Denzel Ward's first game, look how he played. That's not where I'm going with any of this. Uh, the, the the positives to me again mentioned uh, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward. There's a lot. I think that Desmond Harrison. Um, who, if you guys haven't noticed, is really awesome on a cover photo. But uh, Desmond Harrison, he had I don't know, like three penalties that were of the one was a false start. I don't even, I, did he get called for holding? I don't remember him getting called for holding. I also don't remember him getting beat. As I say, I, I actually came away from this game more concerned about Chris Hubbard than about um, Desmond Harrison. And to that point, while it's you know, it's easy for me to uh, say that, you know, well, Hugh, you know, you, you screwed around with the line and you shouldn't have, you know, put, you know, uh, you know, played musical chairs and had this guy switching positions and da 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 You know, Harrison didn't look too bad out there. And with that, you know, if we're able to get an undrafted rookie free agent to be a just an average left tackle, he certainly looked like an average left tackle out there, puts Petonio back at his spot at left guard, and it gives us a very high-value backup at uh, for the rest of the offensive line, which I know people had talked about this yesterday, but you know, I, well, 33rd pick overall needs to be starting. Number, well, I mean, sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Although, um, 
you know, maybe Corbett can play right tackle. He couldn't cut it at left tackle. Maybe he can play right tackle the way that Hubbard uh, showed out today, and that was against his old team. That's another thing, too. Um, you know, some of this could have been that, uh, you know, playing against his old team, they uh, they just knew his tendencies better. I don't know. Maybe. But he, of, of the offensive line concerns, I came away more concerned with uh, Hubbard than uh, than anybody else that's uh, that's on the unit. <clears throat> with uh, respect to the defensive line, there were some moments where the Steelers were gashing us, but I don't really recall them really beating us. It really, I think more than anything, it had to do with uh, scheme wins and losses. You know, there was just moments where. Uh, the offensive coordinator, I don't even know who the offensive coordinator for Pittsburgh is, but they were able to draw up some runs where they just put people in positions. I, I didn't, like I said, in other words, I just didn't see our guys get beat a lot. I saw our guys make a lot of plays in key moments, and there was a, a time there, particularly in the second half, in the third quarter, where uh, we were just giving up these gash plays left and right on the ground. But then, in the late in the game, we really slammed it down. And so it's it's curious. To tell, it, it kind of leads me to believe that there are a lot of the Steelers uh, success on the ground today had to do with the correct uh, chess game, you know, matchup that was going on between the offensive and defensive coordinators of the respective teams. All that to say that the problems that we have there are correctable. I think generally the problems that we have had the entire, all, all of them that we had today are correctable, um, other than. I don't know that Tyrod Taylor is going to be going to ever be more than what he already is. Although more than what he already is, you know, people can make the point. If if Deshaun Kaiser is uh, starting the game, for example, then yeah, we it's definitely definitely a loss because even though we got six turnovers, you know, he probably gives up three of them, and then you know the Steelers win forty five to you know what what however it turns out. So, you know, you got to give him credit. The only turnover, as I say, was kind of on that arm punt later on or late in the game where he had he had to do – he had – the, taking a sack wasn't an option there. Uh, and if it's not open over the middle, which is – I mean, they, the guys – it's actually one of these rare moments. Even the announcers redeemed themselves because I'm sitting there thinking to myself as the announcers say, they got to get, you know, quick to the middle of the field here with 23 seconds. and they get, you know, like 10, 15 yards to the middle of the field, they could run up and they could spike the ball and that would give them enough time to run on and kick a field goal. And I'm just like, yep. That's yep. That's exactly what I would do. But if I know that, and the announcers know that, the, the Dingleberry announcers for CBS know that, with uh, uh, Bruce Arians notwithstanding. Well, then that means that the Steelers know that. So without being able to see the uh, the coverage alignment, um, you know, Taylor take and Gordon was single covered. So it was I'm, again. I'm I'm not going to get you know too. Um, you know, upset about that interception, but I'm saying, you know, for in a game where you have a five to one advantage or six to one advantage, we should definitely win that game. Although it's certainly going to be nice for the uh, the old statistical category. I mean, to be plus five in the turnover margin. Oh yeah, when was the last time that happened? And hey, the last time we had a really fun year was uh t- well. Yeah, 2014 was kind of fun. We had a really fun year in 2001 where uh, we had 33 interceptions that year. Uh, three, again, I don't know the, if the fourth one to Schobert counts as an interception or a uh, fumble. But, hey, you take the takeaways any way you can get them. So all those takeaways, huge, 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 huge gold star for the defense. Big gold star for Miles Garrett. Again, I thought that Larry Ogunjobi showed out in many ways. Joe Schobert made some plays. Uh, Demarius Randall, in his first game, uh, playing, you know, really, the the comment about real players that Meathead made in the offseason, if, if, if there's one place where it really uh, there's some credence to it, it was where the safety position was concerned. So Demarius Randall represents a... 
a fairly major uh, improvement in that position group that was very, very injurious to our chances for success last year. And I thought that he he proved himself. I thought that he more than proved himself. I thought that he did well. And... Um, was not, you know, he he mitigated. There was one play, I think, the the slant pass to uh, Juju Smith Schuster, where he got tripped up on the the uh, pursuit, and that caused Smith to get a lot more extra yards. But he still took the right angle and got him out of bounds, uh, and so at least he kept it from being a touchdown. So it's like you know this whole game has been like that. There's the guys did good things and got other guys, and at other times they didn't do good things. And I think that the Steelers should probably say the same thing about the way they played. So what's that all mean? Well, I mean, look, looking at the scoreboard and looking at the way that yeah, we we probably should have won that game, and I'm sure that they're looking at it from the same way that we probably should have won that game. I guess that means that we're kind of close to those guys, doesn't it? I mean, there. I thought again that we were going to. Um, to be blown out, well, not blown out. Is, is twenty-one to seven a blowout? It's certainly not close. But uh, at that point, you know, I, that's that's when I was just kind of expecting. Then you come into the whole, well, you know, it's, you know, continuity and all this, and go into that. I was, I had my whole, I had my whole, I had the whole thing planned. And then Garrett uh, forces the ball out, and that just changed uh, everything. And the defense just kept – the defense just – and, you know, part of this, too, I keep mentioning the rain. The defense and the way that they uh, reacted, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not for nothing that it may be that when they don't have those weather conditions that, they, that it's not as favorable to them. But you know the offense plays on that same field, so uh, we'll just we'll just have to see if there's consistency to any of this. The consistency that we want to see is the consistency of the pass rush of uh, Garrett and Ogunjobi and Avery. Uh, yeah, so even Ogba got in there a couple of times. I don't think he got credited with anything, but he had a couple of pressures, and the, the pocket was collapsing along Pigpen all day long, uh, save for a couple of plays. But you're not gonna you're not gonna pressure them on every single play. But I think that we got pressure on more plays that we didn't, and on the offensive side of the ball, I think that when there were more traditional drop-back passing situations, for the most part, Taylor had time. There were a couple instances when he did it, but there was also a couple instances where he just holds the ball for a long time. And that's where, you know, Mayfield... I, I, keep, I keep doing this. I'm not even going to finish the thought there. You, you probably know what I'm going to say. All that I will say is that we are going to probably have some challenges this year whenever we're going against teams that we have to make those sort of big plays uh, because it's just not, you know, Taylor's strong suit. And uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how that all shakes out as the season goes along. But, hey, we're 0-0-1, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's not <laughs> – I'm, I'm I'm cool. I'm 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 good with it. I'm now looking forward to see kind of what the, the rest of the reaction is from everybody about all this. It'll be curious how uh, Hugh Jackson's. I'm at, this is one of those rare times where I'm actually interested in what Hugh Jackson has to say in a post game presser. Because seriously, to have our our losing streak, you know, I guess the losing streak has been snapped, but we have to get a a, a, a tie before we. And look, this may be significant to uh, Pittsburgh in, later on in the year for their playoff uh, chances, and, and maybe for us too. I don't want to you know, totally throw out the chance that I, – I, I did not think that we would be in this game uh, the way that we were, particularly I, – I even I thought going into it that it was going to be – like I said, when it was 21-7, to 7, that was about what I figured was going to happen. But uh, the way that they fought back in the end, I did not expect that. It was a breath of fresh air. It was very nice to watch, and while it ultimately did not end up in us taking home the W on uh, the first game of the year, you know – I'm good with it. I'm I'm good with the the, the, perfor- the performance. Pardon me. It just means that it's time to wrap this up. But I'm I'm definitely. Uh 
you know, looking forward to watching the rest of this season because even though I think that the coaching in many ways is suspect, it has its moments, but there is so much talent on this team. And, uh, and, and honestly, I think that maybe one of the most talented players on the team isn't even playing right now. And, but that will happen at some point. But either way, uh, 21-21, we don't lose to the Steelers. Uh, considering what I thought was going to happen, I will certainly take it. And so that's, uh, that's it. I'll, uh, I will, I'll jump back into the regular conversation on the threads. My name is Easy Weave. This has been Easy Does It on the DBN Network with the first post-game show of the new season, uh, 2018. We'll get back at it next week at the same time, which is about as quickly as it's possible for me to produce these things after the games air. And uh, until then, I... Oh, you can also hook up with me on any of the social platforms uh, Facebook, Twitter, or also send me an email if you want to criticize anything that I have to say here, or get involved on the network in your own way easyweave at gmail.com, easyweave at gmail.com. If I hear from you there great, if I see you on the threads, great, if I don't great, either way, until next time we uh, talk again, I hope that you all have a wonderful week out there, good luck God bless, so Hello I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.